The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who has shepherded my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it, it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Be seated. Well, uh, we don't have Kids Church uh, the, uh, this morning. Um, it's back next week, um, but we do have a kids story. We've got a couple of kids. Hello. Will you like me to do a kids story? Yes, you would. Excellent. Thank you, Hannah. I bribed her with Christmas presents and chocolates to say that. <laughs> I know there's a few people online who are like the lost sheep stories as well. This particular story picks up in Matthew's gospel just where Paul left off. And it has some interesting voices. Just warning you. My name is Jesus, son of Joseph, son of David. Son of Abraham, this is my family. This is Bethlehem, where I was born. Bethlehem was my home. Now it is not my home. We can visit, but it is not safe to stay for too long. Not while the son of bad King Herod sits on the throne. When we visit Bethlehem, I play with the girls. There are no boys my age in Bethlehem. The women in Bethlehem are still very sad. My aunties cry a lot when they see me. My name is Jesus. I am a refugee. My name is Joseph, son of Jacob, son of Abraham, son of Abraham. This is my wife Mary. And our son, Jesus, I am a refugee. 
let me tell you our story. When our son was small, wise men came. They said our son would be king. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and precious myrrh. I still don't know what myrrh is. One night, an angel spoke to me in a dream. Get up, grab your son, go to Egypt. King Herod is looking for your boy. He wants to kill him. We fled. We hid. We walked and walked and walked to Egypt. Welcome to Berta Security, Mr. Joseph. So you wish to enter Egypt, and I do not know what an Egyptian accent is. If we can, just review your documents. It says here you are Joseph's son of Jacob, but it says here you are Joseph's son of Heli. What is your father's name? Tell me, who are you, Mr. Joseph? You say you're from Bethlehem, but it says here you're from Nazareth. Where do you really come from, Mr. Joseph? Did you say this woman is your wife? This boy is your son? But the dates on these two certificates are a little irregular. Is this really your family, Mr. Joseph? Gold and frankincense and precious mare. I know what mare is. Worth lots of money. I will look after these for you. Welcome to Egypt, Mr. Joseph. Then one night, the angel returned and spoke to me in a, in a dream. Get up, grab your son and go back to Israel. King Herod is dead. We left Egypt. We walked and walked to Bethlehem. But it still wasn't safe to stay in Bethlehem. So we walked and walked to Nazareth in Galilee. Nazareth is now our home. My name is Joseph. This is my wife, Mary, and our son, Jesus. Do not forget that Jesus was a refugee. The end. You get to follow that now, Marianne. Thanks for that. <laughs> we decided to um, do, do the children's talk in that order so that you got the rest of Matthew chapter 2. Let's pray. Living God, may the words that I speak and the reflection of all our hearts and minds transform us to be people who bring the light of Christ into our world. Amen. Well, I wonder, how are you travelling? We've just heard about Mary and Joseph and the Magi, but how are you travelling? How are you travelling after navigating the dynamics of Christmas, of family gatherings and perhaps some days off? 
How are you traveling, navigating the plethora of summer sport viewing that's on offer? That's always a difficult time of year for Stuart to make those kinds of choices. Or what about the Boxing Day sale offers that continually are coming into our inboxes on a regular basis at the moment? How are you traveling with the ongoing demands of daily life that don't magically disappear just because it's holiday time. There have been many stories from the last few weeks about travel plans that had to be changed at the last minute. Some travelers headed to London for Christmas unexpectedly found themselves stopping over in Azerbaijan due to an aircraft alert. My sister and her family were booked to fly across Canada from Vancouver to Toronto on Christmas Eve to meet my niece's partner's family for the first time and spend Christmas with them. They eventually made it sometime on Boxing Day and, uh, and then waited for five hours for their luggage to catch up with them. Over the last few years around this time, there have been fires and floods that have disrupted travel plans and, and this year along the Murray River, flooding has disrupted travel plans, I imagine, for people who live in that part of our country. Before Christmas, there were many people from our church community who changed their travel plans for Christmas so that they could be with loved ones who were unwell or where there'd been a death in the family. And many people in our church community, and I'm looking at some of you, had their Christmas plans very much disrupted because they or someone in their family had COVID. Life is a journey that requires us to be flexible with our travel plans, always. We need to be ready to respond to changes of circumstance, whether that be some kind of crisis or whether it be an opportunity that emerges. We need to travel with a flexible mindset, with our eyes and ears always open to the signs around us that point us to what is most important, what matters most. Well, Matthew provides us with very scant details, really, about how the Magi traveled to Jerusalem and then on to Bethlehem, biblical scholars can give us lots of really helpful information and give us some background about what that journey may have looked like and why and the how. And it's all really fascinating. We're not going to go down too many of those rabbit holes this morning. There is one detail that Matthew gives us about how the Magi traveled that will give us more than enough to think about this morning, the first morning of a brand new year. I'm going to read the first two verses of Matthew chapter two again, but this time from the message paraphrase of the New Testament. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, during, King Herod's, king, during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. 
the Magi were on pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is a particular kind of journey, often to a foreign or holy place. Some of you have been on pilgrimages. A pilgrimage has a particular focus. For the Magi, their focus was the child born King of the Jews, whose birth was signaled by a star. But the concept of pilgrimage also has something really important to say about space, suggesting that space is not homogenous. And by that, I mean that stuff happens in the space that we occupy. We're moved in particular ways in different spaces. We sense things. We become aware of things. We feel particular emotions. And this might include a sense of liminality, which the Celtic Christians were very familiar with, some kind of marginal experience, particularly at a time of transition like birth or death. Pilgrimage often holds the sense of encountering the divine, mediated through some kind of sensory experience. Matthew gives us this feeling of sensory experience in this pilgrimage story. The Magi observed a star and they felt compelled to go. They traveled a significant distance, probably weeks or months of travel. And that whole time they traveled with this expectation of encountering someone very significant, someone who elicited an enormous sense of reverence within them. And then we get to this part of the story, which I really love, I'm going to read it again. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. Thanks for the emphasis, Paul, you did that really beautifully. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. They worshipped him with their whole being. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These simple words capture very powerfully the experience of the Magi pilgrims and these very early pilgrim story that we have in the Christian tradition. When the star that had led them to Jesus was still, the Magi were overwhelmed with joy. They kneel down and worship him and offer him gifts of treasure. Their pilgrim hearts are full and their pilgrimage is satisfied. This joy becomes the hallmark of Jesus' ministry. In Luke's gospel, the angels announced, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. Well, it was good news of great joy for the people who were open to receiving the news of a new king, of a new kind of kingdom. You see, Matthew situates Jesus' infancy narrative within the entire history of Israel. In chapter one, Matthew has asked the question, who? 
explaining who Jesus is by tracing his genealogy through Abraham and David and noting how Joseph became Jesus' legal father without being his physical father, the facts that confused the um, border security person when Joseph and Mary were trying to get into Egypt. This genealogy explains why the Magi were able to call Jesus King of the Jews. Of course, the powerful King Herod the Great was King of the Jews in a political sense. He was their legitimate king, but, and hence his rivalry and jealousy of Jesus. And we know that this jealousy persisted with Herod's successes, and eventually, as a mark of derision, the term King of the Jews was placed above Jesus by the Romans when he was executed on the cross. Matthew 2 shifts the emphasis from Jesus' identity and the question of who to this series of places and spaces. The question of chapter 2 is where? The Magi come from the east to Jerusalem asking for Jesus' whereabouts. They find him in Bethlehem in fulfillment of prophecy. And then, when the time comes to return home, they have to change their travel plans when they hear that Herod is out to get them. And it says they return home via another road. Before we explore further what this story of places and spaces might mean for us on this New Year's Day 2023, I wonder, what did the story mean to Matthew and to his community? Well, in these opening chapters, Matthew is pointing back to Moses, one of the pivotal characters in the history of Israel, while also pointing forward to Jesus' passion and death when he references Jesus as king of the Jews. Then right at the end of Matthew's gospel, after Jesus' resurrection, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw Jesus, Matthew says they worshipped him. Matthew uses exactly the same word as he's used of the Magi, where it says they came to pay homage. The disciples worshipped Jesus, and then Jesus says to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Perhaps Matthew includes this account of Jesus' infancy narrative so the Magi can serve as early indicators of the Gentile believers who will eventually form part of Matthew's community. And not only Matthew's com community, the people from all nations who comprise the Christian church today as it continues to proclaim the reign of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. Matthew's account of the pilgrimage of the Magi certainly draws attention to the focus of their worship and invites us to reflect on the focus of our worship. We are who we worship in many ways. 
What better day than New Year's, New Year's Day to consider the possibility of our life as pilgrimage and what or who the focus of our worship might be? Unless we think that pilgrimage is a thing of the past or a thing that's only for particularly religious people, let's think of the pilgrimages that we all undertake. We make those pilgrimages to Boxing Day sales, to family holiday locations, to cricket grounds, football stadiums and tennis arenas. We travel to these places because they provide shape to our lives. They give us structure and meaning and purpose. They may be spaces where we collect our thoughts, spend time with family, or simply enjoy ourselves. These rituals can become a kind of pilgrimage because they help us focus on what's important for us. I said that pilgrimage is a journey to a foreign or holy place. The year that lies ahead is such a place. It's foreign and holy. The territory is unknown. It won't always be familiar. And we've come to learn that, haven't we, over the last few years. And yet there will always be signs to guide us as God's people have always been led. When Jesus said to the disciples, I am with you always, he was also speaking to us. That is the promise of the one who was born king, not only for a season, but for the whole of eternity. My friend Tash has walked the Camino de Santiago as a pilgrim a distance of 800 kilometers. Some of you may have walked the Camino or part of it. The journey was life-changing for her. In early December, she set out on another walking holiday and she posted this photo saying that it was time for her faithful old walking boots that had carried her more than 1,000 kilometers to be replaced. She was in the process of breaking in new boots as she walked the um, tracks in New Zealand. The ground that we walk is holy ground, always. It's possible that we may need some new walking boots, maybe in the form of refreshed rituals and practices. Perhaps there are things that are no longer serving us as well as they have in the past, and it's time to upgrade them. And perhaps we need to shed some baggage, stuff that is weighing us down. That's not helpful when you're on pilgrimage. But what we do need to hold on to is our treasure. Gold, frankincense and myrrh were characteristic of the identity of each of the Magi and they were treasures fit for a king. Bring your treasure with you, whatever that is, because that is what will honor Jesus, the treasure that is innately who you are. Pilgrims on the Camino have the opportunity to um, stop regularly for pl in places of worship as well as to take in food and drink 
and to stay the night. It's a, it's a hospitable journey. Our rhythm of gathering as a community provides that kind of hospitality for us. It provides that regular cycle of worship. And we have a few different ways that we do that throughout each week. They're like pit stops to refuel and recharge us when we gather in small groups. We have our seasonal beach church movie nights and even song. And there may even be new ways in this new year that we gather as pilgrims and encourage one another on the journey. Traveling as pilgrims will see us undergo transformation just as Tash found herself transformed. It will transform us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You see, pilgrims don't expect to arrive at their destination unchanged. Traveling as pilgrims implies paying attention to what's going on around you as you travel, acknowledging fellow travelers, lending a hand where needed, taking, a, taking note of the signs. So we could rush headfirst into 2023, like we're hurtling down the on-ramp onto the M1, or we could take a slower route where we have time to read the signs and to consider them. I wonder, what are the signs that you look out for that are like your guiding star? Perhaps it's the stock or property market. Perhaps it's social media popularity status. Perhaps it's career advancement. Perhaps it's power at all costs, like Herod. While these things can be helpful and important, do they serve us well as our ultimate guiding star? Or are we better served when we make our guiding star the child of Bethlehem, the king not only of Israel but of all people, God clothed in human flesh and blood who lived his life so that those who seek him might encounter peace and joy. At Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve, I referred to Bono's recent book, Surrender. And I love that he refers to himself as a pilgrim who is still on the way. He, he describes surrender as the story of one pilgrim's lack of progress with a fair amount of fun along the way. I think that sounds very real and authentic and we might relate to that. I love that he includes fun as part of the journey because a journey without fun is simply a means to an end. It is simply hard work. Jesus invites us to journey in ways that see us living life to the full. The Magi were overwhelmed with joy when they encountered Jesus. To close, these words have been attributed to Francis of Assisi and form one of our much-loved hymns. Perhaps we can, as I read it, we might say it quietly together as a prayer. Brother, sister, let me serve you. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims on a journey 
and companions on the road, we are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. I will hold the Christ light for you in the night time of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you. Speak the peace you long to hear. May our epiphany be that we can travel together as pilgrims in 2023, each bringing our unique gifts to offer our worship of Jesus. And in so doing, invite others to join us so that they too might experience the joy, the overwhelming joy of worshiping God as revealed in Jesus Christ. Amen. Just stand with us as we sing our next song. And I love how this song takes us on a, a pilgrimage uh, throughout Jesus' life.